Hey there, I'm Marjorie Stiegler, and you're listening to the Career Prescription Podcast, where we tackle the important things they don't teach you in medical school, like how to treat your career like the business it really is, with strategies to accelerate the kind of success that you want, because you deserve a career you love and a career that loves you back. Are you ready? Let's get into it. So I'm so excited to have as a guest on the show today, Dr. Rohan Sopariwala, who is a pharmacovigilance physician in U.S. pharma, but went to medical school in India and has not practiced in the United States. And I thought it would be great, Rohan, to have you on the show because so many people do ask me, you know, what are their prospects uh, in the United States if they haven't practiced in the U.S. or they're not licensed in the U.S.? Um, First of all, welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you, Marjorie. It's like my pleasure to be here. I would be excited to give uh, and provide my story that might help others to pursue career in pharma companies. Great. Absolutely. Um, as you and I talked about when I was asking you to come on the show, I do often have people ask me this question, you know, like, what are my options or, or do, that, do I have any options in the U.S. Uh, if I am an international graduate? And I know from my own work experience, having worked with many folks who have come from all kinds of countries around the globe uh, who are not U.S. physicians and have never been licensed in the U.S. and don't practice in the U.S., and they have really robust pharma careers. So many people who are medical graduates from foreign countries, and they are successfully transitioning. They are working on higher level up to the VP level. So like you can definitely get it. There is no requirement of a license or residency or practice. I thought instead of me just saying, yes, I know plenty of people in that situation, it would really bring it to life to have somebody like yourself come on the show and just sort of talk to the audience a little bit about um, about your your stories, what kind of physician you are and like where, where did that begin for you? Sure. So like, uh, as you mentioned, I completed my medical education from India. It's an MD degree. After completion of my degree in 2010, I work over there for a few years, like two, three years. Then I moved to USA. And during that time, I was preparing for USMLE and I work as a doctor assistant. So being a part of a job, I was uh, trying to understand what U.S. system looks like, U.S. healthcare system looks like. During that time, actually, I came to know about this uh, pharma company that we used to submit all our adverse report to manufacturer company. Mm -hmm. I did not know about pharma company before that time. But during my job with doctor assistant, with her internal medicine doctor and cardiologist doctor, I came to know about that they are reporting all the adverse event to manufacturer company. And that got me interest. During that time, I was preparing for USMLE step one and step two. Mm-hmm. I completed two exams, started learning about guidelines, ICS guidelines, FDA guidelines. And that made my mind that, okay, now I want to transition to the pharma side. I don't want to practice as a doctor, clinical practice in USA. I got my first break in Takeda. So in the Takeda, I was initially working as a safety scientist. Mm-hmm. So that's, again, a great uh, story that uh, once I felt that I'm ready with all the database and knowledge, 
I started applying through LinkedIn and Google, and I know that I am transitioning from like immigrant doctor to pharma company. So it's hard to get a full time job. So I was focusing on contract opportunity and CROs initially. Okay. And and I started applying so many places uh, as a contract opportunity through LinkedIn and Google. One of the recruiter thought that I am a doctor and I have like a, a reasonable knowledge. He spoke with me. He asked me the questions about all these uh, scientist tasks like aggregate reports and signal detections and how are you managing the things. I mm-hmm. responded to him. So he felt that I knew so many things in theoretically and I am a doctor. So he gave me a chance and he submitted my profile into the Takeda. Oh, and fantastic. Then, Wait, let me just take a second because I know a lot of people listening may not have caught all of that. So, sure. so you had passed step one and step two. Yes. USMLE step one and step two. And but in the time that you were working for the internal medicine and cardiologist yes. physicians, you got really interested in pharmacovigilance. Yes. Spent some time learning about what happens when those adverse events are reported post-market mm-hmm. for medicines that come in, and then decided uh-huh. to stop pursuing. Yes. The U.S. side of clinical education and begin pursuing getting a job in U.S. pharma in pharmacovigilance. Exactly. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then because you felt like it might be a little bit of an uphill climb, because mm-hmm. as you described, you were an immigrant doctor and, mm-hmm. and had not practiced here. You first looked at CROs and mm-hmm. also at contract contractor work. So I think that's very interesting. I've never actually talked to anybody about that, although I do know a handful of people who've worked as contractors, but that's a very interesting angle. Did you do that deliberately? Yes. So when I was reviewing the job posting for the full-time position, they were asking, you have to have at least five years of experience, six years of experience for the job. And you are just starting in the pharma company. So it's very hard that previous experience is not on your side. Mm-hmm. While you were working on CROs or contractor, they were not that strict on that experience. They were like, okay, one or two years of experience should be enough or like your medical degree is enough. So that gives me that once I give, I will be given opportunity, I will prove myself and I will be like full-timer. So that was the one thing I kept in my mind and started applying. That's a really great point, you know, because I think all the job postings say they want five years of experience. And a lot of times they really don't, you know, yeah. they will take somebody with less. But I also know that when you're trying to get that first foot in the door, it feels like you need experience. So it's not bad if you are starting in the pharma company, because if you consider like this was the one thing that I thought that first thing is to get into pharma company. And think about three years where you can be after three years. And that's what I did. I started as a contractor, converted into full-time, and then growth into safety physician. So like right now, I am where I want it to be. And then in the future, I will go up and go up and go up. That's great. It's so true. I think a lot of physicians don't think about the fact that when you start in pharma, you're starting at the bottom. We all start at the bottom and there's only to go up from there. You go up, you go up, you go up. Uh, But in medicine, most of us are already at the top of where we'll be. Like when you're done with training and you have your, you know, your first uh, attending or or private practice Mm -hmm. job, that's almost the ceiling right there. So, so yeah, that's a really, really good point. I just Um, want to add one more thing. I spoke with so many 
internal physician doctors, so many pediatrics, so many uh, surgical doctors. Now I have been like four years. It's kind of veteran status. So people reach out to me on uh, LinkedIn. Sure. I spoke with so many people. They are like, they are getting higher salary initially. Then there is no growth of uh, salary and potential. While in pharma company, you are getting low salary initially, but you have so much uh, growth potential that you can reach, I guess, similar to them within two or three years. So it's just a matter of perspective. Apart from that, you are getting so many bonus and stock options, annual performance, which you will not be getting in your clinical practice. So if you add everything to the base salary, you are getting really great salary. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. You know, I'm an anesthesiologist by training. And when I took my first pharma job, um, I I would say it was exactly lateral. I I didn't make more, but I didn't make less. And anesthesiologists are pretty well compensated. And and so so was I in my first pharma job, which is now um, three positions back, right? And up and up and up. So it's a great point. Um, can you can you say just a few sentences about um, what uh, when you went about your job hunting? I think that where you landed there is you uh, ended up speaking to a recruiter who put yes. you to Takeda. Is that right? Yeah. So again, uh, I applied to LinkedIn and Google. I did uh, I did not know any recruiter at that time. I did not have any connection, but I was like adding as many as recruiter in my LinkedIn network, and I was applying on the LinkedIn job. And then filtering out by contractor job. And I was applying. There was no criteria that I don't want to relocate. I was open to go anywhere. That was the one thing. I was in Jersey at that time. And then I spoke, uh, like when I submitted my profile, it goes to the recruiter. So that's how they came to know. I I haven't picked up any uh, recruiter or anything deliberately, but it's like part of the process that for contract job, it is posting by recruiter only. So when they reviewed it, they got interested. They asked me the questions. I responded to the questions and they submitted my profile to the Takeda. In the Takeda also, they had an interview panel and they asked me a question. And I responded very, like, at least 70 to 80% of their questions. And they felt that, okay, he knows 70, 80%. He is a doctor. He will do well. So they just took a, give me a chance and they just give me six months of contract. That's fantastic. And let me also ask you, you said that you spent some time learning all about pharmacovigilance um, during and before you were applying. Did you do anything online in terms of getting a certificate or a qualification that you could add to your LinkedIn or your resume or just you just did learning? Uh, So I have not completed any certificate because uh, I feel that there is no certificate which is valid because uh, right now, I am like involved in interviews. So I know that no company is saying that we will accept this certificate unless and until you are doing some master's courses like a, a master course from university or certificate course from university. There are so many people who are running the institutes about this and they are charging so much and they are giving their certificate. But at the end, when they are going to apply, they are not valid. Certificates are not valid. So I did everything from Google and YouTube. I still advise people who are looking for to go for cheapest option that will give them some understanding, basic understanding. What is pharma company? What is pharmacovigilance? What is database and what they need to learn or they need to be ready for the interview so they can answer the questions. That's right. For that, you have to have courses with 
cheap price. You don't need to go for uh, like expensive and certificate course. Yeah, you so, might be able to find even just great free resources on the FDA website. Exactly. So that's what I did. I, I went to FDA, EMA, ICH guidelines. I studied all the signal detections and aggregate reports from the template from the Google only. Mm-hmm. So that's how I did. But if you feel uh, hard or can, like uh, you are not comfortable doing it, you can select some cheap option that will give you materials and all the videos and you will get uh, knowledge from there. Yeah, I think what's so important about what you just said is that it's it's not the education itself or the certificate or the course or whatever that has the value, but it's that when the recruiter calls you back or you get that interview, you can have an intelligent conversation, even though exactly. you don't have experience, exactly. they can envision you successful in the role, right? Exactly. Hey, it's, it's all about whenever you get interview, you have to make them believe that you can do this job. And they might ask you some questions related to task. You need to answer that questions. If you don't answer or if you fumble, that means that they will figure out that, okay, you are new or you don't know much. So they might uh, think or overthink about their decision. So mm-hmm. that's the main reason I mentioned that you have to have some understanding that you can answer the questions asked by the recruiter. Yeah. I think in some ways, it's almost like learning a language. Exactly. Like, you know, there's which it was actually what med school was like too. There's just so many words. There's a lot of terminology that, you know, unless you immerse yourself or talk to a lot of people or, or, or take courses and watch, you know, webinars and all that to really see how people talk about the work until you understand it. And you also feel pretty fluent in talking about the work, even if you don't exactly know what, because of course you'll be trained on the job. But but you have to be able to have those conversations. Exactly. That's that's correct. Well, let me ask you then, you've told me a lot about your own story and where you are and how you got here. And I think uh, we also know what you like about your job because you mentioned the reason that you decided to pursue it. Well, I guess let me ask you that. So do, do you find that pharmacovigilance satisfies your intellectual interest the same way you thought it would? Uh, actually, I'm very happy. Like before I joined this pharma company, it was like kind of I was uh, in love. I just like that things. But right now I'm working and I feel that uh, it was some God's signals or something that I came here. And it's like I cannot imagine that how happy I am after I have been in this uh, field. I've been working on so many different portfolio, including rare disease, immunology. Right now I'm working on oncology. So that is also helping to expand our knowledge and like uh, we are continuously learning. We are applying our mechanism. We are applying our medication, medical knowledge. So you never feel that you are out of touch. And that gives you sense of that uh, you have studied the medicine and you are applying your knowledge. And that gives so uh, like happiness that uh, you are working. Like sometimes I'm working in the late night also, morning also. That doesn't matter because I'm lo- I love what I'm doing. So definitely... It doesn't matter. And again, one more thing, I'm working from home. So that's like so much relaxation that if I don't have any meeting, I am free. If I have meeting or work, then I'm working. So that's so much flexibility. That's so fantastic. And obviously my podcast is only audio, but listeners, if you could see uh, Rohan's face, it is glowing right now. (laughs) I can see the joy and the happiness that you really have with, with your work. Are you still at Takeda? Uh, no. So like, as I mentioned, initially I was in Takeda safety scientist. So it was a contract position yes. and they were very happy with me. So they offered me full-time role within the six months. 
So I was a full timer with them, and they offered me more than five to six portfolio at the same time. And I was working closely with my safety physician at that time. But they knew that I am a physician from India, so one day I will be transitioned. So my safety physician taught me so many things. Uh, so I'm really grateful for her. At that time, she taught me everything for safety physician, what I have to do. And then after two and a half years, I felt that I am ready. So uh, I asked internally in Takeda at that time. But unfortunately, at that time there was no opening in Takeda. So they say that they would love to, but there is no opening. So. I started looking outside, and I got chance in Beijing. So Beijing is another uh, oncology-based company. It's a Chinese company with now global portfolio, and they have like multiple indications. So I'm working on one product with uh, nine different indications uh, as a safety physician, where I represent safety of that nine trials. So Fantastic. that's. Uh, how I started as a contractor scientist to full time. Right now, full time safety physician. And quick, quick question now: Did you find? And I hope. I mean, I answer this honestly. I, there's no right answer, right? Did you find that when you decided you wanted to look for that next opportunity, having had the the two years or so at Takeda under your belt, was it much easier to find your second opportunity, or was it just as difficult because still? You were not a U.S. physician. And you had less than five years' experience. Yeah. What was it like yeah. that second job? Yeah, that, that's a great question, actually. So as I mentioned, uh, once I became full-timer in Takeda after two and a half years, I was getting many opportunities, but as a safety scientist, not a safety physician, because now I had enough experience as a safety scientist. So I was getting a higher role. Like I was working as a safety scientist manager. There are higher role like, principal safety scientist or senior medical director or associate medical director uh, as a safety scientist. But for safety physician, it was not that easy initially because they were, they were like, you have to have at least four to five years of experience. Mm. But again, I had like very profound portfolio. I mentioned that I was working on five to six products. So I got interview from three company, bigger company. And out of three, uh, Beijing, they offered me first. So I went with them because it was oncology. Many people have a dream to work in oncology companies. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm working right now as a safety physician in uh, Beijing. Again, I have jumped very early. Usually people take three, uh, five years to uh, switch from scientist to physician. Uh, I just uh, switch after two and a half and three years. It's yeah. up to you that how comfortable are you con confirming, uh, performing the task and make them believe they will definitely give you. That's fantastic. That's really great. Well, my very last question is, I mean, I guess we've covered a lot of it already, but do you have advice for other people who might be in your similar background mm -hmm. who are thinking today that the deck is stacked against them, that it will be very, very difficult for them and that it's not even worth trying? What would you say to that person? I'll suggest that. Uh, you are a physician. That's the first thing. That's your strength. Whether you are from India, whether you are from Australia or China, wherever you are from, you are a physician. That's your strength. You will be getting it. Again, you are transitioning from something new. It might take a time. So don't get frustrated. Keep applying. That's the first thing. Other thing, like I mentioned, target contact position and CROs. They are very lenient on contract and CRO compared to full-time. So mm -hmm. just make a mind and keep applying. You will definitely get it. You are a physician. So definitely. There is That's no way you can, uh, you, you can be stopped here. 
because pharma companies it, it's growing company it means there are so many medicines and vaccines and device like coming so there is no way that there will be a pause or something like a, uh, like there will be job cutting coming in our field especially physician field i'm not talking about other aspect of uh, pharma i'm talking about physicians especially safety physician or clinical physicians so there will be no uh, no job cutting in that field I think that's a great point. A lot of people do worry about job security. And even though at a given company or for a given set of medicines, it, it's true, like that 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 drug development program could be stopped. There could be a reorganization. Your role could be eliminated. But across the whole ecosystem of pharma, there's new yes. startups coming always. There's mergers, there's acquisitions, but there's still always going to need doctors in these roles. Definitely. Like in Boston only, there are so many pharma companies that I don't even know the name. Like, <laughs> and based on my four or five years of experience, nowadays, every week, I'm getting minimum two to three recruiters calls. So many companies. Rohan, thank you so very much for coming on the show and sharing your own personal story. I know this is going to help a lot of people. Happy to support. I'm very happy to be part of this. So yeah, if anyone has any questions, I'm always there. Uh, I am just giving back to the community because I was in a similar situation four years back. Right now, I am in position to guide them. So that's what I'm doing. Oh, that's great. Is it okay if I leave your LinkedIn in the show notes? Sure, that will be great. Thank you. That's very generous. So I'll do that. So you can look in the show notes uh, for Rohan's LinkedIn link and you can be in touch if you want to ask some of these questions. Thanks again, Rohan, for coming on. Thank you. Bye-bye. Before you go, please review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Your support makes all the difference, and it truly helps this information reach someone just like you who may really need it. Until next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.